This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to XNO Quick Hits. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined, as always, by the co-host of TOJ Film Room over on our YouTube channel, Turn on the Jets TV, Mr. Joe Blewett. What's going on, Joe? Um, Same old stuff. Uh, after this, I'm doing uh, some, some film on Devin Bush. So I stay up until 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning watching film, and then I don't get to sleep. You know, so it's kind of what it is. Some would call it a mental illness. Some would call it a labor of love. Some would call you Maurice. It's a little Steve Miller humor here on this podcast as we talk a little bit about Jamison Crowder today on X and O Quick Hits. Now, as everybody knows, I was a big proponent of Jamison Crowder. Michael Nanny and I were leading that train, and I've been a big fan of Crowder's ever since he was on the Redskins, really after he got drafted from Duke. I was living in the D.C. area, so I watched quite a bit of him, and I thought that he would be the perfect fit for this Adam Gase offense for a variety of reasons, and I want to get into all of them with you. Now, let's start with this. When the free agent wide receiver list came out, the two guys that everybody really was looking at were Adam Humphreys and Golden Tate. That was where a lot of the buzz was, but it ended up being Crowder, and I think there's a couple of reasons why. First of all, he's a pretty good route runner. Now, I don't know that I would say he's as good as Adam Humphreys, but he's a pretty shifty route runner in that slot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And yeah, Adam Humphreys might be a little bit quicker um, than him in and out of his breaks. But Crowder also offers you things that, that Humphreys doesn't in terms of uh, attacking teams vertically, vertically, knowing how to win vertically, um, and a little bit better at yards after catch. He also could be an emergency punt returner or even a punt returner that you put in, let's say, you know, when the Jets are in, in the wild card game this year and they're uh, it's 20 to 17, they need a big drive, you know, like one of those situations where hopefully they are actually there. Um, but hopefully not down, but, you know, it is what it is. I'll take the wild card any day of the week this season. But, yeah, he was a guy who people didn't really, like, you know, he was always an option. But, admittedly, I was on a Golden golden Tate uh, train just because of, of his toughness and his the, the ability to get yak that he offers uh, any team that he really goes to. Um, but when you're looking at the Crowder film, uh, he's, he's a good yak guy. He's not like, he's not Golden Tate or Golden Tate. You've seen multiple videos of him breaking two, three, four tackles. Um, Crowder will go down on arm tackles, but he picks the correct lane uh, to run through. He knows how to set up his runs. So um, he's not the same type of yak guy, but he could definitely get yak. And just like with Crowder versus uh, Pumphreys, he offers the ability to go deep more than uh, Golden Tate does. So he offers some things that they don't. Some of those guys, like, like Humphreys, is better with his route running. Um, than than Crowder and Golden Tate with his yak, but he also offers that vertical threat. So he's a, he's a different receiver than those guys, but um, he's basically on their level, if not better. You can argue one, two, three, whoever you want there. But the Jets got a good receiver, uh, and you can always and, and I think he's better for this offense than Humphreys is because of that ability to get yak. And you look at Tate, and yeah, maybe for one game, would you rather have Tate over uh, Crowder? Yeah, probably, but. Golden Tate's also, what, 31 years old, and he would stay here for maybe a year or two and then end up leaving the team where Crowder could be here for the next, you know, three, four, five years and still uh, produce at a very high level. So I uh, definitely would like the signing after after watching the film. And, you know, $9 million is a little bit more than people expected that he would get, but people also expected uh, that he would get less money because of his, you know, air quotes, injury history. 
which I think, what, seven of those games, seven of those uh, games that he missed out of eight in his entire career, out of a possible 64 games uh, he missed last year. And then you had the podcast, you know, last week, which I know you'll refer to and, and correct me on the exact guy it was and whatever. <laughs> so I need to say it, um, that he said that it, the, the injuries weren't a concern. So that's obviously why he got more money, uh, because he is on that level. He's a receiver who's capable of getting, you know, eight, 800 to 1,000 yards, um, you know, in a season. Probably not in this offense because there's a decent amount of weapons, but he's that type of a receiver. So uh, you definitely have to be happy with the signing there obviously adding more to Sam Donald's arsenal of what he has. And you look at the Jets' offense, you know, minus the offensive line where they still have to address. But you look at their offense and 11 personnel, which is exactly what Adam Gase runs like 99% of the time. Obviously, that's that's an exaggeration, so don't get on me for that. But that is his primary base, um, you know, set when he's, when he's uh, when the offense comes out there. And you look at the skill positions and you're looking at, you're looking at Bell, Herndon, Crowder, Anunua and Anderson when they're healthy, that's, that's pretty solid. It's not, you know, they don't have that Julio Jones, but they definitely have a nice complement of receivers, and uh, Crowder definitely rounds out that, out that group pretty nicely. So, While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. That was Dr. Steven Stoller, by the way, who was on the show to talk about that, a former 35-year orthopedic surgeon. So if you haven't had a listen to that yet, you can go ahead and check it out. He explains exactly why Jets fans should not be worried about Jamison Crowder's injury history. But Joe, I want to ask you a little bit more about his route running. You touched on it, but could you go into a little bit more detail about what makes him an effective route runner? Yeah, it's 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 the way he sets up guys. Uh, there's that like, that one play where you ask me, um, usually typically, I don't know if you're going to ask me this this time, but oh, well, Joe, is there any one play that you specifically remember? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could do this show by myself. I could be Scott. I could be Joe. Um, so there's the one play against the Giants where he is in the uh, he's in a slot and there's a man defender. I think it's a I think he's in the slot. I think it's a there's a stacked receiver set. Um, and there's one, and there's a guy in man coverage on him. He chops the receiver's arm. I, I mean, the corner's arm as he tries to reach for him, which is good. Obviously, you're you're uh, separating, you know, their contact, which they can't feel you where you're going. And obviously, having contact is a good thing in in, in defending anybody. Um, and then at the top of the route, he he throws out a stop step, which is stop step. You just you're just throwing your leg out in front of your frame to stop. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, and then. 
and then he throws a rocker step and a rocker step is basically just two steps your your first step is going to be basically a fake step so the guy was the man defender was behind him to the right so he did he used the peak technique uh, technique at the top too which is looking in a direction that you're not you're not going to cut so use the peak technique he looks to the right which which makes the corner believe that he's going to cut right and then he also throws out that left foot which would be a, a you know it, it would be a uh, he's going to break off that step you can call it a, you can call it a, a stick a, a break step whatever uh, uh, you know wherever you want and the corner reacted to that and then as he throws out that that step that he might have uh, breaked off of he throws out another step to cut the other way and the guy was just left in the dust it was it was bad uh, he, he gained like ten yards of separation and man coverage from that play and being able to or knowing how to set up your routes. Uh, with attacking leverage, attacking blind spots, uh, knowing how to drop your hips, being clean in and out of breaks in terms of not taking extra steps that are unneeded, and getting your hips out of out of breaks is uh, is something that he that he excels in. He uses pressure stems, he uses jerk stems, which are just different type of of stems um, before you break to attack corners where you you're basically screwing with them. Uh, I'm definitely going to show some of those stems when I do the show on him tomorrow. Uh, for people who want to watch videos of those of those stems, so um, overall he's he's smart route runner. He knows how to sit in in the the middle of zone coverages. Like I said with the stems, he does that. He knows how to use rocker steps. He knows how to use uh, bam steps, stack bam steps, which are just different breaks as well um, in what you're trying to do. And you know, it's he's he's definitely solid. He's not the best route runner. I've ever seen, but he's definitely very solid in the area. He does struggle with the route running. He's getting off of press coverage. And that's a little bit because of his size. Listen, when you're, what, what is he, he's got 190 pounds. I, I'm, I'm guessing that's what you look at. Like if, that's what I would guess if I had to, uh, if I had to. Um, so there's going to be some struggles when you're taking on a corner who's 210 and super aggressive in his press. Uh, obviously, you know, quick feet and quick hands can, can win you a lot of reps, but when they get their hands on you, if they're a good corner, it's going to be hard for him to break off. Uh, and there's some times where you see him a little bit wary of their hands where I would like to see him, you know, close that cushion a little bit, um, a little bit more before he breaks. So there's sometimes where he breaks a little bit early. And because of that, you're not really challenging the corner in terms of attacking um, and, and getting on their toes. So they don't ever feel uncomfortable. So it's hard for you to cross their face. Um, where if you cut too far back or when they have enough enough cushion, it's easy for them to either stay square or just open up with you uh, and, and run. So uh, definitely very, very good. He's not, like I said, he's not, uh, I don't know, who's the best route. He's not Eric Decker, route runner for, for Jets fans. who obviously remember Eric Decker, um, but he's definitely very solid. So Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. To answer your question, Joe, by the way, they have him listed at 5'9", 175 pounds. I would say that he's probably 175 just after he finished up a five-course meal. My guess is that he's probably closer 
to around 170 at best. And so that explains a lot of what you were just saying. But I want to ask you, too, about the yak ability of Jamison Crowder, because this is something that I think he really improved upon last year before he got injured. And in fact, Michael Nania talked about this on Chronicles of Nania, seemed to take a real step forward in that regard. When you looked at his film, is that what you saw, too? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's just little things, um, knowing how to set guys up and, and, and throwing jab steps and throwing head fakes um, that a lot of receivers don't like to do, where a lot of receivers will just you know try to outrun you to the boundary. Uh, Jamison Crowder will give you a head fake. He'll look the opposite way. Um, he'll give you a stab. He knows how to alter his strides where you know he looks like he's running full speed, but he's really running 90%. He's really running 90%. And then when he wants to turn on those jets, the extra 10%, get to 100 and, and go past you. Uh, he has that ability. So um, the yak is definitely a, a plush trait for him. Can you tell me a little bit about what you noticed in terms of Crowder versus Tate and Humphreys? I know that you said that Humphreys probably runs crisper routes and that mm-hmm. Tate is a better yak guy. But how much better is each guy at those respective traits than Crowder? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that big of a difference. I think the only big difference, I would say I'm definitely taking Golden Tate in terms of the yak because You've, anybody who's bottom watching the NFL, you've seen that guy toss guys who are two times bigger than him. So I think Golden Tate's like yak is, is definitely a lot better. Um, but I'm not discounting, uh, what Crowder can do with, with yard after catch because, you know, Golden Tate's probably near that elite level with that where, you know, Crowder is good with that. Like, you know, you're not going to discount good because somebody else we could have got is, is elite in that, in that category. And then route running, I, I would really have to watch Humphreys to, to, to really break that down to, you know, like I said before, does he use BAM steps, stack BAM steps, pressure stems, jerk stems, et cetera, dropping his hips. Um, I'd have to watch him consistently to know that, but he does seem like he's a little bit quicker in and out of his, some of his breaks. But uh, I think they're pretty much, you know, on that same, um, you know, kind of field, of their of their route running, so I don't really think there's a big difference there. Uh, and then Golden Tate with his with his uh, like I said with the yak uh, is definitely better, but it's not like uh, Crowder is is bad in that area. So he's definitely he's definitely a very um, well rounded receiver in terms of like route running ability to uh, find open spots and uh, running with the ball for the catch and the ability to go deep and track the ball as well is something that he does well too. So um, I'm definitely happy with the signing. Like I said, it, it adds another dimension to the offense that Gates will be able to work with because, you know, we, we talked about, it, I broke it down in the article a little bit. The, the Jets last year with Jeremy Bates, they, they ran a lot of screens as well, probably, probably a little bit too much. Um, but when Quincy Nunez went down, we were seeing guys like Andre Roberts and, you know, Robbie Anderson run end arounds and jet sweeps. And, you know, you're putting a guy in Robbie Anderson on an end around on uh, plays. There's like some like third and five pluses that he ran an end around. Uh, I get he's straight line fast, but he's not really quicking out of his breaks because of his long legs and the lack of power in his legs. And he's going to go down on first contact like nine out of 10 times. So um, now you add another dimension, <clears throat> you know, with Crowder and Anunwa, guys, you would both run with the ball after the catch and obviously Bell as well. So now you have three guys and you had one last year. So it adds another dimension, like I said, in the article as well. You can't, you're not going to be able to hunker down on a Nunwa and give him extra coverage and, and, you know, maybe flex the linebacker out an extra two, three yards instead of putting him as a five tech. Now he's a nine tech and maybe now he's a little bit out of place where he's not a speed rusher and he can't, he can't get there from a, from a nine tech type of deal. Um, so it helps the, the, uh, the offense, you know, overall in a lot of ways that people don't realize uh, to have, you know, uh, multiple guys who, who can get yaks. So, 
Um, like I said, Golden Tate's the best at it, but or not the best, but he's better. But it's not like Golden. I uh, Jason Crowder's bad at it, so. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Joe, when you dissected Adam Gase's offense on the show with me, and if you haven't listened to it, you can go back into our archives and check it out. And you can also check out the show that Joe and Marcus did. In fact, I think it's a two-parter breaking down the Adam Gase offense as it was in Miami. You mentioned that the two things that Gase seems to really value in a slot receiver are yards after the catchability and being a shifty route runner, somebody that can get in and out of breaks. When you look at Golden Tate, he seems to be the superior yak guy to Crowder. When you look at Humphreys, he seems to be the superior route runner. However, when you look at Crowder, you say, okay, he's maybe not as good of a route runner as Humphreys, but he's much better at yak than Humphreys. And yeah, he's not as good of a yak guy as Golden Tate, but... He's definitely much better as a route runner than Golden Tate. So he's a guy that filled both of those, even if he was slightly worse than those two guys at their particular specialties. It seems like the Jets targeted him right from Jump Street over Tate and over Humphreys because he was signed while those guys were still on the board. Do you think that that's why? Do you think Adam Gase looked at this guy from the beginning and said, this guy can do the two things that I really like, and this is who we need to get? Yeah, like I said, the versatility that he provides the offense, too. Um, to be able to get to get open underneath, find the soft spots, and be able to go vertical, that's, that's another thing that you know don't overlook because you know you could set up a, 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 a defense that way. Um, you know, where, wherever it may be, you run a, you run a sale concept over and over and over and over again. And then that, that ninth time that team is going to see, which I'm being dramatic, um, instead of running, you know, that intermediate, uh, you know, out route now, now Crowder runs a, you know, uh, an out or an, an out and up and he gets, then he burns the, the corner as Robbie Anderson, instead of running that nine, he runs a post. And it almost works as like a, a streak theme, uh, so it'll actually be a switch streak theme. But uh, yeah, that that I think it's the versatility. I think it's the age as well. Um, now Golden Tate was twenty five, twenty six, maybe they would get him. Um, but you have to factor in age. And like I said, the versatility um, is something that I think he he's better at than those other two guys. Where they're kind of you're not going to see Adam Humphreys going deep or getting a lot of yak, um, and you're not going to really see. You know, the same thing with, with Golden Tate in terms of going deep and being a really shifty route runner. He's a good route runner as well. Um, Golden Tate, I don't want to actually, he's a bad one, but he's not as good as Crowder. So I think the versatility plus the age is something that they looked at. Um, and, you know, they knew that they could work him into the offense and he would be fairly successful. So, Joe, can you tell me a little bit about how you envision him being used in the offense and how he complements the game of both Anunua and Robbie Anderson? Yeah, uh, that's it, it, he's going to be like that Albert Wilson type. That's that, that's what he is. He's going to be used on jet sweeps and end arounds, and on uh, you know any any type of screen, smoke screen or tunnel screen or slip screen, uh, whatever it may be. So that you're going to see that a ton from him. 
But then, like I said, he's also a guy who's going to be able to get under, uh, open underneath um, in those in those short to immediate, uh, short to intermediate uh, type concepts that Gase likes to run. Um, but there's also times too where Gase is super aggressive downfield. Like it doesn't happen all the time, but there was plenty of times where he would run really, really complex uh, three level reads where me and Marcus were watching, and I'm like, and we were talking about the show. It was like it was a it was a candid discussion. Um, and we're talking like I don't know what defense I would run to defend this. <laughs> like it's not easy. Uh, so he could he does everything. Uh, Gase is a guy, and he this is kind of one of his knocks when you look at his film, and it was one of my knocks when you're looking at his film with Miami, where there, he would have certain concepts that would work. He he kind of get away from them and not run them as much as I thought he would. Um, so he could use him in any way he wants to, but I'm hoping that he stays true to the concepts that are working and build new wrinkles around that concept and a total team stops it. Um, so he could use him. He's going to be used a lot underneath. He's going to be used a lot vertically. He's going to be used a lot as a, as a yak guy. He could, he could run really any type of route, uh, outbreaking routes, um, you know, post nines, out and ups, hitches, drags, whips, uh, whatever you want. So I don't really think there's a kind of, a ceiling to what he will be used at because, you know, Albert Wilson, and it's a, it's a good comparison to a certain extent because Albert Wilson wasn't used um, a ton down the field where I think Crowder will be used a little bit more down the field than he will. But um, in terms of like those, those screens and sweeps and, and all that type of stuff uh, end arounds that he'll be used that way. Um, but I really don't think it's fair to kind of like try to pigeonhole him into a certain role, but in terms of the compliment, uh, having a versatile receiver is obviously going to complement really any group, um, but you, there's there's the obvious there's the obvious couple things. You have the slot receiver, the shifty slot receiver who can get yak and, and Crowder. Um, you have a Nunwa who is a bull. Um, you know, he's H back, full back, uh, whatever you want. He can play split end. He can play Z. Uh, he probably play Y if you really want him to. He could play X. He could do um, a lot of things for your offense as well. But he's going to be used as a, um, a, a tough yards after catch guy as well, who would pretty much do anything. And then Robbie Anderson's really the only one who can pigeonhole um, into a certain position. Where Newton not going to be really used like a, t- a ton underneath. Like he's more intermediate type guy because he's not a guy who's going to be able to separate really quickly because he doesn't have that that shiftiness but other than that he could pretty much do everything and then Robbie Anderson's your deep threat that's 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 what he is um and listen a lot of people say oh well he only wins one one route which it, it's it's true to a certain extent that he only wins one route really well but I've talked about it before that one route sets up his underneath routes very well whether it be you know a, a, a dig or an out or a comeback or a curl because they respect him so much deep. And then obviously he's going to be used deep um, as well. And a lot of people don't realize like there's guys in the NFL, like Calvin Johnson and Randy Moss, who didn't run a ton of routes, but they ran those couple of routes so well um, that they just, they, they were never beat. Um, so Robbie Anderson and just him being a deep threat, they don't they Oh, well he, he can't run an underneath route like Crowder. Like who cares? Just let him run vertical routes. I'm fine with that all day. Um, so yeah, he, he definitely compliments them well, and they have a pretty versatile, versatile group with, uh, both him, him and Anun, while Rob Anderson's the only guy, like I said, who's going to, he's going to be mainly running deeper, um, breaking routes or just nine routes, uh, but having both Crowder and Anunwa underneath and be able to run sweeps and screens and block is, uh, definitely something that, uh, Adam Gates didn't necessarily have with Miami. He had Albert Wilson, but other than Albert Wilson, you had Kenny Stills and, uh, What's, I, I forget the other receiver. Uh, Devontae Parker, um, I think this Jets receiver core is, is much better on 
know, maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I'm not trying to be. But I don't think anybody can realistically look, realistically look at the film of, you know, Anunwa, Anderson, and Crowder and say they're not better than Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, and Devontae Parker. So uh, Adam Gates definitely has some, uh, some toys that he's going to have some fun with in his offense. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Like you said, Gase liked to run a lot of high percentage completion plays and screens when he was in Miami. And if you have Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder, that should really help your cause, right? Well, that, that and listen, when you have guys who can get a ton of yak in in all, in three guys, it's it, it's it's all three of them. It's 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 Crowder, Bell, and Anunwa. And then don't even don't let's not uh, you know take uh, Chris Herndon out of this equation too. He's a he's a good tight end, and he had a pretty surprising rookie year. I don't think anybody expected necessarily that, um, unless you're just talking on your ass. But we know a lot of people do that. Um, <laughs> so you have guys, and, and you're gonna you're gonna you can dictate the coverage. Listen, if you want to stop that yak, and you're gonna put more linebackers in the game, more safeties. Guess who's going to burn you deep? It's going to be Crowder or it's going to be Anderson. So uh, they're going to screw with some teams this year. You're, you're going to see it set up a lot where it's going to be screen, 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 80-yard post to Robbie Anderson. I'm, I'm definitely excited to watch the offense. Uh, now, if they can fix the offensive line a little bit more with this and they you know trade down, they get a Brad barrier, maybe they trade uh, a center, which I know you don't think is a very real possibility, but maybe if their team drafts a guy. Uh, maybe they have a veteran who's, who can be let go. Uh, if they fix that position a little bit, um, whether it be, like I said, through the draft, the trade, maybe signing a Stephen Wisniewski, then drafting on the third. Um, if they address that, you have Osemele. If he gets back to his level, you have Beecham, who is below average as, as a tackle, um, in my opinion, but he's still okay. Like, you could live with him. You have Shell, who is kind of he, – he's kind of streaky. And you have Winters, who is, uh, you know, a little bit below average too, but it's definitely not as bad as having guys last year, um, you know, like Quale playing, you know, a decent amount of, of time. I, I, yeah, because uh, Shell got injured before that in the season, right, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And then um, – yeah, so – and then you have – uh, Harrison playing a good amount of time. You have Spencer Long and Carpenter. Um, just adding two more guys to the interior of that offensive line who are like either, you know, one being very solid and then one being like a passable level. Like even if you get like a Kelvin Beach level player at center, uh, that's a big upgrade from what they had last year, which is an absolute mess. Um, this offense can be pretty damn exciting, I mean, especially with Adam Gase, who I know, you know, when we've talked about this before, people don't like all the off-the-field stuff and, and all that. But in terms of film, I, I was very, very impressed with his offense. So now you have, you know, what they have. Uh, don't don't overlook this offense. It's, it, it definitely pretty explosive. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm legitimately excited to watch this offense. I said it on uh, the podcast. Like, somebody I did, like, the mailbag, and they asked me for, like, two um, really bold takes. Um, and I said the Jets finished top or top 15 or top 10, whatever it was, in offense and defense. And like I said, it, it was a hot take. Um, but with the talent they have on both sides of the ball right now, you know, this is a team who you're now looking at. And would you be shocked if they won 10 games? I don't think anybody really would be. So um, they're definitely building uh, in the right direction. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch this offense and even this defense, too, if they add, you know, one of the guys that we'll talk about at a different date. But uh yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun year, and I'm excited to see what, what he how he uses him because uh, he's going to be that that chess piece, another chess piece. He has multiple like queens in his uh, in his I don't know what you call it a deck cavalry. What the hell do you call a bunch of chess pieces? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but last year they were playing with pawns, um, and this year they're going to be playing with some some knights and some castles and all that crap. So it's going to be fun to watch. 
Does Crowder offer anything in terms of blocking? There's sometimes, like surprisingly, he would be tight to the line of scrimmage or, or, or tight to the tackle box, and they use him as like a, a cutoff blocker, which was surprising. Uh, he's definitely a willing blocker. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and say a guy who's 170 pounds is going to light guys up. Um, no, because I'd be lying. But he's definitely willing, and that's and that's important. Um, willing and a smart blocker because there was plenty of times last year where I was watching the. Uh, Miami Dolphins offense, and you had guys like Amendola and Devontae Parker blocking, and it just looked terrible. Like, and I put it plenty of the plays in the review, but they, they would, they would, there was plays where they would literally have two guys in front of them. They would go to block the same guy, blow an assignment, and they would both miss the block on the one guy that they screwed the assignment, assignment up on anyway. So it's like, um, as long as you're willing to get in the way uh, with this offense, you, you don't have to hold the guy for a second. So, no, he's not going to blow up Cam Chancellor like Quincy Nunwa can do, um, but he's willing. So that's that's something that you'd like to see for sure. I know these things can be a little hard to predict, but based on what you saw of Gase's offense in Miami, based on the personnel that the Jets have, based on what you expect from Sam Darnold, if you had to guess, what kind of production do you think the Jets can expect reasonably from Jamison Crowder in 2019? It's hard. It's it's hard, and and you know this. You know, there's a ton of factors because you know who gets injured. How often does this guy play because of injuries? You know, what teams are they playing? Are they trying to stop? You know, Le'Veon Bell. They're stacking the box, and now they're going to use Crowder down the deep down the field. So there's a lot of factors into that question, and and you know that. I'm sure people that listen to this know that. So it's it's um, if I say 600 yards, you get 700. Don't be like, oh, you dick, you got it wrong. <laughs> like there's, there's a lot of things that uh that that could go into that, but. Um, with all the targets, uh, man, that's, that's so hard. 45, 50 catches, um, 550, 600 yards and like, you know, maybe four or five, six touchdowns. Uh, that's, that's like, I, I guess that's so hard, but if I had to guess that would be like somewhere like the, like right there, 45, let's say 45 catches, 531 yards and, uh, five touchdowns. I know you like the signing. We both do. If you had to give it a grade, I know you gave C.J. Mosley an A. What would you give this signing? This is. I, I'm. I'm really not trying to be biased, but like, how do you how do you give this grade anything less than like a B plus to an A? Like, maybe you can argue the contract. Like the same thing with Mosley, but you're getting arguably the best slot receiver that you possibly could, or just overall receiver in free agency. So I, I think I think this is another A. Um, and unless you can give me any other reason not to, and only reason if eh, we'll give it a minus one, one knockdown for the potential injury scare, which we all know is a, b- a bunch of crap, but I'll just give it anyway. Cause I'm going to be ignorant. And then, uh, two, okay. He got $9 million and I expect him to get seven or eight, like I, a minus, uh, I don't, I don't know if anybody can argue with that. Like if you have a preference of another guy, maybe get a little bit lower, but uh, I want to give it an a minus. He is the co-host of TOJ Film Room over on our YouTube channel, Turn On The Jets TV. One of the best out there. And, of course, his co-host is Marcus Coleman, the 11-year NFL veteran and former hero of the Monday Night Miracle, Mr. Joe Blewett. Joe, thanks for coming on for X and O Quick Hits, as always, to talk about Jamison Crowder. you got a lot of exciting stuff coming up on the Mm -hmm. YouTube channel, breaking down prospects, breaking down Jamison Crowder. Why don't you go ahead and let everybody know what they can expect if they go over there and subscribe. Yeah, uh, you're going to get legitimate film talk and not a bunch of just rehearsed opinions that people don't even know really what they're talking about i you break down film i just did 52 plays of actually i did 53 i think actually on the on the actual podcast um but you go on the podcast 
uh, and you can listen long. You can listen on a podcast app, and it's like if you're listening on a podcast, you're like, oh, you know what? I want to see what he's talking about when he's talking about, you know, that's that stop step uh, into um, into the rocker. Okay, like I, I click on an hour and see it, but if you want to watch the whole time, that's that's great. But uh, yeah, you go on there, we watch film together. I break it down and show you. And uh, I have a ton of stuff coming up. Obviously, I, I did Bell already. I did Mosley, a two quarter on Mosley. I'm going to do Jameson Crowder tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to wait until after the draft for pool and assembly, but whoever the Jets draft, their five, six, seven, eight draft picks. I'm going to break every single one of them uh, down, obviously, depending on the film I can get or the YouTube videos I can get, whatever. Um, but now I'm doing Josh Allen. I'm going to do 20 draft guys where I'm going to break down 20 to 40 plays of every single one of them. So if the Jets do draft the guy, you, you know exactly um, we're getting. So. Everybody knows I don't sleep, and part of the reason is because I stay up all night watching Joe Blewett's film reviews. If you're not a subscriber to our YouTube channel yet, turn on the Jets TV. You should go ahead and do that because then you can go ahead and be an insomniac like me, not sleep and stay up and watch Joe Blewett do a 52-play film review of C.J. Mosley and a really extensive film review of the guy we talked about today, Jamison Crowder, plus lots of prospects coming up. Again, that's turn on the Jets TV and go ahead and follow Joe on Twitter too where he posts a lot of stuff at JoeRB31 lots of prospect reviews coming up Joe's going to come on to take part in that we've got a lot of other guests too including Connor Rogers who you know very well from TurnOnTheJets.com and of course over at Bleacher Report in the meantime though for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts you know where to go that's TurnOnTheJetsDigital and TurnOnTheJets.com <laughs>